is the Toddcast, a podcast that I, a guy named Todd, record while I drive to or from work, talking about a variety of things. There are no scripts, no show notes, just me chatting while I commute, so you can sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello, and welcome to the Toddcast. Um, today, let's talk about drugs, um, which should be an indicator to you that perhaps this is not necessarily a suitable topic for the the youngest ones, or even the youngish ones, lest they get the wrong impression, uh, so consider this your warning, um, and I guess I'll throw out that this is, you know, not necessarily, hey, let's, let's get into the, you know, nitty-gritty details of heroin, because uh, I don't know anything about that. No, no experience there, uh, other than you know the the general sense of you know that's a bad thing. That's a terrible thing. Don't do that. Um, sort of a deal. Um, but more drugs and drugs in general, um, which would include you know actual you know pharmacy products prescribed by you know licensed physicians, etc. But, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're a good ways in here, and I don't think I've really talked about this topic much, if at all, as yet. So, uh, hey, what the heck, let's go there. Um, and I guess we will start with um, the most, most recent sort of realm of, of drug use, uh, as relates to me personally. And... Um, well, let me let me take let me take a step back there. Um, so, longtime listeners uh, and/or folks who know me personally um, have either heard from me personally or have heard the episode that I had uh, around you know mental uh, illness, mental uh, states of distress, etc. Um, and are familiar with the, the concept of my being diagnosed as, as bipolar. Uh, we talked about that to some length, uh, in, in a previous episode. And, um, I guess recently, um, I guess to quickly rehash, uh, you know, about a 15 years ago, I was, um, diagnosed as bipolar. Um, by a, a series of physicians and was, uh, put on medication for such, uh, for about five years, um, circumstances changed wherein I did not have access to my prescriptions or, um, well, my shrinks, etc., and just kind of stopped, uh, having the meds for a, a good long period there. And things were going well, um, wasn't really having many issues, and for about a decade, I've, I've, I've gone, you know, without really having any, any major issues, or really even minor issues for the most part, um, I was able to cope on my own without any sort of, you know, chemical, um, assistance in that regard, and, um, until recently, thing, things were, were humming along pretty well in that regard. Um, things have been a little stressful as of late. Um, and I want to say probably a couple of months ago, uh, I 
kind of occurred to me that, you know, maybe I should go talk to somebody, just sort of check in, see, you know, see what's up, uh, because, you know, things were stressful, started, it started to feel like I might be getting a little bit of the old, uh, manic end of the manic depression sort of resurging and wanted to kind of check, check in on that and see what might need to be done about that. And, and also, you know, um, from everything I was told when I was originally diagnosed, you know, was that, you know, bipolar is not really a thing that kind of goes away on its own. Um, it seemed odd that I've been able to, you know, operate for a decade without any sort of, you know, chemical assistance and started to make me question whether or not, you know, there was something funky with my diagnosis or if, you know, somehow I'm, you know, have some sort of magical brain that, you know, suddenly doesn't have a chemical imbalance, whatever. So I went in and, uh, you know, saw some folks, talked some stuff out. And, um, over the course of said discussions, um, you know, kind of, went over, you know, not just the current situation, but kind of gave them the backstory. Uh, you know, this was, you know, the last, uh, mental health professionals that I saw, like I said, was like, you know, a decade plus ago down in Florida, uh, it was a whole new batch of folk. So I kind of had to give them the history and, um, the thing that kind of made them perk up in relation to all this, um, was, you know, they're asking questions about, you know, do I do exercise? You know, what's my diet? You know, do I drink coffee? Um, which I guess in this telling is, is, is really the first, uh, bit of, you know, chemical stuff we'll, we'll talk about here. And that would, I guess would be caffeine. Um, every morning, uh, I, I do have, you know, a cup of coffee. Um, if you care to be generous and want to call it that. Um, here's the basic recipe. Uh, we have one of those Keurig machines at work, the little, little coffee pods. So I take a pod of hazelnut flavored coffee and have it, you know, power brew about eight ounces of that into a cup. Uh, I then splash in, you know, a, a quick dash of, you know, powdered coffee mate, um, a long pour of sugar, um, probably something like, uh, in, uh, three tablespoons worth thereabouts, uh, switch that around. And then we reload the Keurig with a, a pod of hot chocolate substance, you know, a hot chocolate thing and brew about another eight ounces of that on top of what I've previously described. Um, you top that off with a handful of ice cubes to make it, you know, immediately drinkable. And that is, you know, the power drink of the morning to, to get things kickstarted. Um, back when we were in boot camp, we used to make, uh, beverages that were quite similar. They, they called them Ricky rockets where it was, you know, coffee, sugar, and, uh, chocolate milk. This is kind of the slightly hotter, uh, you know, more hip modern version of that, but that's how I start every morning. Uh, and I explained this to them and they're kind of like, wow, that's, that's a, that's a lot of sugar and, and stuff 
first thing in the morning. Like, yeah, that's, that's what I do. Um, you know, and they're like, do you drink tea? No, I'm not, not a big tea guy. Um, how about soda? And I explained to them, you know, that, uh, there's rarely a time you will find me without a Mountain Dew within arm's reach, um, in one form or fashion. And it continues as thus pretty much until I go to bed at night. Um, you know, I'm pretty much riding a caffeine wave for the entirety, uh, you know, of my day. And they, you know, they, they kind of raised eyebrows and, and took note of that. Um, which, you know, I suppose that's, that's noteworthy probably in, in any case. Uh, but specifically in regards to me and my mental state and what I had described, you know, past and previous, um, started to make them sort of think, you know what, I think it's possible that you were sort of misdiagnosed originally, and, you know, sitting there on the couch, going, oh, do tell, uh, how, how, how you, how so, um, and I think that the, uh, the way he described it to me, um, made a lot of sense to me, and I'm gonna try not to, uh, too heavily butcher, um, his telling, um, in that hope, hopefully it will, you know, make sense as well, uh, He's like, imagine, you know, you're on, you're on the top of a hill or a mountain or, you know, a, a tall building or something. And there, there are two people far down below. Uh, you know, you, you, you can't really make out a lot of details, but you can see them down there. Um, one of them is bipolar and is in the manic phase. And he's kind of, you know, running around all, all, all sort of spazzy, um, you know, in the, in the height of mania. And there's another fellow down there with him who is, you know, hyperactive, um, you know, of the, you know, ADHD variety, hyperactive. Um, and he's kind of running around, you know, spazzing out as well. And from your post up here on the mountain, it's kind of hard to tell who's who. Um, you just see a couple of folks kind of freaking out, being, being spazzy, um, you know, bouncing all over the place. Um, it's like, but if you, uh, you know, break out your binoculars and look at them, um, the, the person who's manic is, you know, freaking out and all super active and whatever, um, but they're kind of fixated and focused on a particular thing. They're just doing it, you know, at a rampant pace in a frenzy. Um, you look at the, the hyperactive person and they're kind of just all over the place, you know, spazzing out. Um, all that to illustrate that, you know, there are points where, you know, the stated effects of being manic kind of overlap with hyperactivity a fair bit. Um, and that that's a thing that, you know, can oftentimes be, you know, misdiagnosed. And, uh, basically put forward the idea that, you know, I may have, you know, adult ADHD, um, which is not entirely surprising to me, uh, you know, and I think that had there been, um, the diagnostic tools available and, or had I actually ever seen someone as a, as a youth to have made the observation, 
it wouldn't surprise me if I were, had been ADHD my whole life because I was a very spazzy, all over the place youngster uh, who had a hard time focusing, uh, particularly in school. Um, you know, I never did homework because I couldn't be bothered, but also because that just, I did not want to devote that kind of time and energy and attention to the thing. Uh, I mean, I got lucky in that I'm kind of smart enough to have gotten by and gotten good grades without having to, you know, do homework or pay a, a super intense amount of time attention in school or, or, you know, study, um, at least up through high school, that worked out well for me, um, turns out when you go to college, you actually need, you know, discipline and skills, that's a whole side topic, um, but anyways, like, yeah, I, I think that, you know, rather than being manic, what you're describing sounds more like hyperactivity, um, and, you know, from our conversation, you know, around things like focus and, uh, you know, keeping attention on things. He's like, I think, I think that may be it. Um, and he's like, you know, back when you got diagnosed, you know, bipolar isn't just, you know, being manic, there's depressive angle to that. And, you know, I'm like, well, you know, at the time I was diagnosed, I was in a pretty rough patch, uh, for a variety of reasons on its own you know, none of that really has researched. He's like, yeah, I think maybe rather than being bipolar, you were just going through a bad spell and had some things to, you know, legitimately be bummed out about that would bummed out anybody, uh, combined with being, you know, hyperactive. I think we may have had a, you know, bad diagnosis back in the day. I was like, all right, well, that's good to know. Um, I'm swapping out one situation for another, apparently. Um, what do we, you know, what do we do here? Um, and to get back to the, the drug topic, um, you know, a decade ago when I was on, you know, um, drugs for the bipolar end of things, um, you know, I took them daily. Uh, you know, he kept asking, you know, do you, do they work? And it's like, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, when I got, when I was, uh, you know, diagnosed, I had a lot of bad, you know, things going on. I, my job situation was crap. My relationship situation was garbage. Uh, you know, there was a whole bunch of stuff that was not going well. And shortly after I got diagnosed and got on medicines, you know, things in life sort of took a turn for the better. So yeah, I wasn't as depressed about stuff, but I don't know how much of that was the drugs and how much of that was just things are generally better. And I don't have as much to be bummed about. Um, he's like, well, since you've been off the drugs, how's that been? I'm like, it's been pretty good. Again, life has been pretty good to me the past 10 years. Um, I think these are the best, you know, 10 years I've had. Um, so, you know, he's like, yeah, but if you were actually depressed, you'd still get depressed. I'm like, okay. But the thing I did note from when I was on the meds back in the day is that I, you know, it's hard to quantify, it's hard to explain, but there was a, I felt a difference in myself, in my awareness, alertness, my sense of self. I felt not like I was in a constant haze or, you know, fuzzy or, or, you know, 
whatever. Like I said, it's very hard for me to verbalize, but there was something different about me that was noticeable to me and it was not something I was especially fond of. Um, and, you know, when I went back, it was like, you know, I want to talk to somebody. I want to make sure we're doing the right things here, you know, to keep myself, you know, sane and happy. But I'm not really looking forward to being put back on some sort of meds that I have to take all the time um, that are going to, you know, change the way I feel about myself, if that makes any sense. Um, and I guess let me preface this, you know, or can, on a side note say, I, I don't have any, there's nothing wrong with taking meds if you need meds. There's no shame in that. There's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, in some cases when you take meds, like, the whole point is for you to feel differently and, and, you know, better and to help you in your situation. Um, you know, I'm not trying to convince anybody to, you know, throw out their psych meds. Um, in my particular situation, I don't know that they were necessary or doing any good on top of they made me feel a little not right. Um, and I don't... I was not looking forward to, you know, having that be a situation, you know, if the, the doctor with years and years of medical, you know, study and experience told me this is what you need to do, I, you know, I did, I'd have been doing that, um, didn't mean I was necessarily looking forward to it, uh, you know, and I'm like, okay, I, you know, I have ADHD, what does that mean, what do we need to you know, is there, do I need to do something here or, you know, what does that look like? Um, and he's like, uh, well, you know, the reason we kind of came to that conclusion, you know, amongst other items, you know, other diagnostic, you know, criteria is, you know, the way that you say that you're always, you know, high doses of caffeine, lots of sugar, all that energy that you, you do, you know, the, the medication for, ADHD is, is essentially, you know, in one form or function feature speed. Um, something about, you know, the way our brains work when you have ADHD is that, you know, low doses of amphetamine, um, actually help you focus, which sounds kind of bass backwards, but that's what, that's how that works. Um, and, you know, it sounds like to me, you know, ever since you've, you know, been adult enough to have access to, you know, Mountain Dews and coffees and, and so forth, you've basically been sort of self-medicating for ADHD via caffeine and sugar this whole time. Because, um, you know, part of the conversation was, you know, yes, I drink a shitload of Mountain Dew and coffee, I'm really trying to, you know, cut that down because, you know, that's a horrible thing from a general health perspective. And they're like, yeah, um, that is a good plan, but that's what you're doing to be able to, you know, cope with your current condition uh, and to be able to have any focus. You cut that out, you're going to have a lot more impact to you than just, you know, not having energy. Um, it's going to start impacting you in other ways. Um so, 20 minutes in, uh, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll get to the, the point of that story is that, uh, you know, I'm now, you know, prescribed, you know, a low 
extended release dose of amphetamine that I, I take on, you know, most mornings. Um, and it seems to work out pretty well, really. Um, I am getting a lot more done at work because I'm able to, to focus in better. Um, and, you know, it explains... Uh, you know, retroactively kind of explains a lot of stuff, because, like I said, I've been uh, riding the caffeine train for, for years now. Um, you know, there were, were points um, in the past, particularly when I was in the Navy and or the early Florida years, that um, legally obtainable speed-type situations were kind of part of the mainstay. Uh, you know, when we were, when we were in the Navy, um, my buddy had, uh, you know, from, from a school all the way through the entire time I was in, um, I had a, my, my buddy and I, you know, we, we, we shared a room, we deployed, you know, we hung out, played D and D, um, we were inseparable. Um, he, uh, there were a couple times where he had trouble staying within the naval regulations for body weight, uh, which is not, he, he, you know, that, you know, I, I don't know. I, nothing bad against him. Just, you know, slightly over what they allowed for. Um, and so he regularly had a, a, big old bottle from the GNC or whatever of, um, I mean, basically diet pills. I can't remember exactly what they were, you know, brand or contents wise, but it's, you know, it's, it's the, the supplements you take that are, are basically speed, um, to, you know, keep you from being hungry slash amp up your metabolism so that you can, you know, lose weight. Um, and mind you, at the time, I'm like six foot two, like 160 pounds. I absolutely did not need those for that purpose. But, you know, he'd grab a couple, I'd grab a couple just to be, you know, amped up. Like, that was sort of the drug of choice at that point. Um, you know, not saying I was a speed freak in the traditional sense. Um, but, you know, there was a certain, you know, enjoyment in being up, 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 high, that way, um, which again, makes a certain kind of sense, given, you know, the, the condition, because when I think back to those times, yeah, I got a lot of stuff done, I remember, you know, doing a lot of, you know, stuff on my computer, successfully, uh, you know, building out, you know, role-playing game campaigns for long hours, you know, it, it, like I said, it's, it, it kind of makes a certain kind of sense in retrospect. Um, you know, when I got out and we, we were living in Florida, um, I'm not going to, I'm going to try my best not to glorify it, but at the same time, it is what it is. There was a lot of marijuana smoked, um, during like the first five years or so. Uh, that I was in Florida. Um, and, you know, I was about to say, well, that, that was a thing that the crowd I hung out with did. 
Um, which is a true statement, but also sort of makes it sound like I'm blaming them for it. And it's, you know, it was a decision I made personally. Uh, no one was, you know, forcing, you know, a joint in my mouth. Um, but that was kind of one of our pastimes. Um, which was also combined with, you know, having speed-like substances, uh, you know, diet drinks that had ridiculous amounts of this and that, and, you know, Red Bulls and Monster drinks and, you know, Mini Thins and just all sorts of stuff of that variety, um, was used during that time period, um, you know. So it all kind of makes sense, um, and I, you know, never would have thought that I would have been, you know, medically prescribed, uh, amphetamines, um, but here we are, and like I said, it, it's working, um, you know, I, I can't complain, um, because it seems to be working, and, you know, um, I, I don't know if there's really a moral to that story, um, uh, just sort of, you know, saying what's up and what I've got going on there, um, like I said, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to talk at too much length about, you know, any other drugs that may have, uh, been a part of my life in the past because, um, you know, while those were things that happened, um, I don't know that talking about them in this forum is necessarily the best plan because, you know, while I'm not necessarily ashamed of having done some of the things that I've done, I also don't want anyone to get the impression that I'm encouraging or, or advocating for, uh, or wanting to encourage anyone else to, to go that route either. Um, and I don't know that there's much value in me getting into those details, you know, otherwise, at least not in a, you know, pseudo-public forum such as this, um, I mean, having said, yeah, I've, I've had my fair share of, you know, pot back in the day, um, you know, that cat's out of the bag, that cat's probably not a big surprise to most folk, um, nor should it be, um, you know, with marijuana in the news and in culture as it is, you know, nowadays, uh, you know, do I think everyone should smoke weed? No, that's ridiculous. Um, do I think it should be legalized in those who, you know, are of the, you know, correct age and mind state to be able to make in informed decisions, have the ability to have it access accessible to them? Yeah, I do. Um, know, and I don't know how many folks listening need me to chime out with kind of the same arguments you've probably heard from everybody else as to why I feel that way, but a lot of the rationales are the same. Uh, you know, it's absurd to me that, you know, you can legally buy, you know, cigarettes and beer and alcohol, um, and that, you know, marijuana is, is not legal. I mean, none of the above-mentioned things are, you know, exactly great for you, um, but when I think about, you know, folks that I've known who are unfortunately alcoholic, uh, 
compared to the folks that I, I knew who were, you know, potheads. Uh, like I said, neither's good. One seems definitely worse than the other and, you know, copable, whereas the other is just kind of hard times all the way through. Um, you know, I, I was absolutely a pothead back in the day, but, you know, when, you know, things dried out and there wasn't, there wasn't weed available, I just stopped smoking. Like, yeah, it wasn't great. I wasn't happy about it, but I didn't, you know, go into shakes or, you know, freak out or, you know, whatever. Um, when, you know, I decided, okay, I'm done doing this, I just stopped smoking weed. Um, again, there weren't any sort of, you know, lingering effects like you get with something like alcoholism or, you know, addiction to, you know, a variety of other drugs. Um, you know, it's, it's a thing that when you're doing it, you, 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 you like it, it feels good. And you, you know, you want to do the thing that makes you feel good, but when you can't, it doesn't have the same physical addiction, you know, sort of attributes as a lot of that other stuff. Um, you know, I, I absolutely think that, you know, if they do legalize it there, you know, they do need to have some, you know, some laws around that. I don't think anybody should be, you know, out operating their motor vehicles stoned, um, much in the same way that I don't think people should drink and drive. But, uh, somebody who's, you know, completely fried behind the wheel operates in a completely different function than somebody that's, you know, buzzed or drunk. Uh, and one of those is definitely far, far more dangerous than the other. Um, you know, I just, it doesn't make sense to me, the, the disparity there. Um, you know, and you know, with, it, it's encouraging to me that, you know, in, in this country, folks are starting to, you know, open their eyes to, you know, at least legalizing, you know, marijuana for medicinal use, because there are some instances where that's, you know, proven by science to be helpful, um, in certain, certain situations. Um, you know, and again, for, for, for weed to be illegal, for folks who are, you know, in chronic pain, but yet we're going to feed them all the opioids they could want. That just seems totally fast backwards to me. Um, and you know, I think that, I, I think something, you know, they should, they should change that. Uh, I'm hopeful in that, you know, more and more states are changing things there. Um, and, you know, we'll see, um, you know, the conversation had, you know, when this comes up, you know, amongst the family is, you know, if, you know, had on numerous occasions, the teen daughter go, if they legalize it, would you be smoking? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, would I become a pothead again? No, that, 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 there was no good that came from that. Um, again, there was a, there was a point in my life where that was the thing that happened that that was a thing that, you know, made sense. And, you know, if there's ever a time and place to be a pothead, it's, you know, in your early twenties. Uh, I don't mean that if you're in your early twenties, you should become a pothead, but 
if you ha that happens to happen, it makes sense. You're at that point of life where you can, you know, recover and, you know, rebuild and get your shit together and, you know, become an actual an adult. Um, being in my mid-40s or 50s is not the time to become a pothead, and I have no intention of doing that. Um, any more than I have any intention of becoming an alcoholic or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, there are plenty of folks who, you know, have a couple beers on the weekend. Uh, that, you know, that's the level that I would be, you know, interested in. Um, provided, you know, it's legal <laughs> and, you know, safe. Um, as in, you know, from regulated, you know, producers, not, you know, some random street shit that might have God knows what in it. Um, and like I said, you know, the, the equivalent of an after work beer or, you know, uh, you know, a couple drinks on the weekend level, not, you know, a constant cloud of smoke around me type situation. Um, you know, and we'll see, um, how that, how that, you know, how the future holds for, for such things. Um, you know, I, I do not hold with the concept or theory that it is, you know, some sort of gateway drug. Um, cause that's not been my experience nor the experience of, you know, most of the folks that I've known who have, uh, you know, partaken. Um, have I done more stuff than just, you know, smoke weed? Yes. Is it because weed made me want to? No, it's because I wanted to try those other things independently, uh, that, you know, I smoked weed didn't really play into that. And again, that's been not just my experience, but from talking to plenty of other folks, it's like, no man, um, you know, I've smoked weed, didn't care for it. Wasn't a thing. Um, but boy, I love me some cocaine. Like, okay, well, that's not for me. Um, but you know, the whole, the whole gateway drug thing is, you know, some propaganda nonsense. Um, that's just my two cents worth, you know, on, on that particular topic. Um, so I think that's about all I've got meaningful to say on this topic. Um, as I am quickly getting close to work and going to go ahead and wrap this up. Um, I don't know how, uh, entertaining or educational that was. Um, I hope you found it at least somewhat entertaining or at least, you know, distracting <laughs> you from any troubles you may be, uh, otherwise experiencing. Um, thanks for listening. Um, if you've got, uh, like I say all the time, if you've got ideas of stuff you'd like me to talk about or, or get into, uh, you know, let me know through the various means I'm, I'm sure I will describe here in a moment, um, during the outro, um, you know, let me know. I, I am very keen to, you know, get some stuff to talk about, some topics, you know, from you folk. Um, let me know what you're into and I will happily chat about it. Um, till next time, I hope you, uh, I hope y'all have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Toddcast. If you have comments, questions, or topic ideas that you'd like me to chat about, you can let me know via Twitter at CastTodd or email via ToddCastPodcast at gmail.com. Keep in mind that the Todd portions of those usernames are T-O-D with a single D. 
even though I spell my actual name with two. If you'd like to leave me a voice message that I can air on the podcast, you can either email me a small audio file, or you can use the link in the show notes to leave a message via Anchor. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with your like-minded friends. Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts is appreciated. Again, thank you for listening to the podcast.